0: The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on
1: 630 Chad. Right now, though, I want to get to this story. Boy, oh boy, a twist in a news story from a couple of years ago that had a lot of you outraged. An Ontario man who claimed he had conducted executions for the Islamic State is facing the rare charge of faking his involvement with the terrorist group. The 25-year-old has been identified by sources as the same man who was featured in a New York Times podcast called The Caliphate. In that podcast, he claimed he carried out executions for ISIS in Syria and then returned home to Canada a free man. The RC CMP now say he made it up he's been arrested and he's been charged Stuart Bell is a global news investigative reporter he's been following this Stuart welcome back to the show good afternoon start by telling us a little bit more about uh, Shiroz Chowdhury and uh, the ali- uh, the alley the alias he's been uh, living under and, and some of the claims that he has made
0: well I, I met him in uh, August of 2017 and at the time he had quite a i would say a boring story about um he had been going to school in pakistan uh, and he got uh, convinced to go to syria he spent a few pretty boring months he said uh in syria not as a nicest fighter but working in the sort of religious police and then he uh became disillusioned and left so it was a pretty mundane story Uh, i wasn't Uh, I I later learned that some of it wasn't true. But then in 2018, uh, he emerged in the New York Times Caliphate podcast as Mm -hmm. Abu Huzaifa, the ISIS executioner who stabbed people in the heart and during public executions. And um, so, you know, we began to question even more deeply um, how truthful he might be. And of course, there was a lot of outrage at the time because... Uh, even though he was saying these things, he was living freely around Toronto. So this has been going so on for some time, and it's now come to, as you said, a very uh, startling type of conclusion.
1: Yeah, for sure. So can we go back to when you met him in August of 2017? How did, how did your paths cross? Uh, was it obviously for a story?
0: Well, I heard he had been speaking to the New York Times and through an intermediary, and I uh, I was pushing to try and meet him as well. But okay. um, right after I met him, I began, I only talked to him once, and then I began to uh, look more deeply into the things he was saying. And, for example, he told me that he'd gone to join ISIS in January of 2014 and stayed for six months. Well, uh, I got his uh, university transfer from Pakistan, and it showed he was actually in school that whole year. So okay. then he changed his story, and he'd gone in 2015. but. Even then, you know, there, when you look at his social media, it looked like he was living uh, here around Toronto during that time. So there was a lot of issues. Um, and his, you know, the, one of the other things that struck me about him is that his uh, behavior is not really typical of somebody who has been a part of ISIS or any terrorist group and come back to Canada. To be, How to be so? as outspoken as he was. Yeah. Well, he, he, um, the thing that triggered all of this was that after he returned to Canada from Pakistan in 2016, he went on social media under his own name and photograph and uh, got into an argument and posted that he had been a former ISIS fighter. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was what caught the attention, I think, probably of the authorities in Canada and certainly of uh, reporters. And that in itself is very strange. I mean, nobody uh, who had Done those type of things has, in my knowledge, so openly confessed to them on online.
1: Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about his social media presence. It just seemingly didn't make didn't make sense at all.
0: No, I mean, um, it's unusual for somebody to confess <laughs> to doing something like that, put it to, to say the least. Um, oh. But you know, what's really a, what's really hard to figure out about this whole thing is. Um, you know, assuming the RCMP is right, and I, I can only um, assume at this point that they have done a thorough investigation before uh, accusing him of making it all up. But, um, you know, it's one thing for somebody to maintain a hoax for a matter of days or weeks or even months. But uh, he's carried this on for four years now, uh, assuming yeah. that, you know, he is making it up. And that's pretty hard to... It's hard to understand why somebody would carry on the facade for that length of time.
1: The New York Times podcast, Stuart uh, Caliphate, that he was uh, involved with, have you you talked with anyone from that podcast about um, what they thought, about the research that they did into him, and about maybe any concerns that they have now about having him on that podcast?
0: Well, they... um They put out, uh, Rukmini Kalamachi, who was the lead reporter for The Times on that, uh, was tweeting over the weekend. And basically they have come down to two things. One, that um, they have a photograph that uh, he gave them, which which they geolocated to um, the bank of the Euphrates River in Iraq. But, you know, it doesn't show his face. It's a person in a hoodie. Um, and the other element they they believe uh, that they helped confirm it was that they said that they talked to they had their reporters talk to U.S. police and intelligence sources who they said confirmed to them that he had been in Syria. So you know they they believe they did their diligence, um, but you know there's there's questions now, and there's questions about journalism as well. I mean it's yeah. To, to a large degree, we rely on the truthfulness of people. Um, <laughs> of course, we verify that's part of what we... It's a large part of what we do is is uh, trying to verify the things people say. But, um, you know, there's always that little leap of faith that we have to take. And, uh, you know, if somebody can so thoroughly uh, fool us with a with a fiction like this then you know it just shows why we have to double down and be particularly careful about verifying things people say
1: do you know where he like what he's been up to in the last couple of years uh, well he, um, he his
0: family owns a restaurant in Oakville Ontario and uh, according to his LinkedIn profile he's for the last year he's been volunteering as an intern at an organization in the US which works with former extremists to try and walk them back from their, um, <laughs> their beliefs. So, again, there's a real Odd. Uh, extent of I mean that's really taking your hoax to an extreme if that <laughs> if it really is the case.
1: So uh, you know, my question is, he, if he made those claims prior that he was uh, an executioner uh, and, and then came back to Canada, why was he walking free here?
0: Well, it's the other way around, in fact. He he returned to Canada and then began talking making about the having claims. done these things. That's right. And uh, that he was walking free and nobody could touch him kind of thing. Um, and I believe there was an investigation that began okay. very soon after he went online and began making those kind of comments. But um, the issue was that he was never arrested, and he continued to speak openly about having done things for ISIS and, again, was never arrested. And um, now we know why. I mean, the RCMP believed that there was no
1: truth to it. Um, so before I let you go, what do we know about this terrorism hoax charge? It's it's rarely used. What can you tell us about it?
0: It's the kind of law that exists to deal with things like people who phone up uh, police or whatever and make things like fake bomb threats. You know, okay. It happens quite a bit as you know people will phone and say you know there's a bomb in this location and um and you know often it's done to actually by people who support a cause but are you know not willing to go all the way they believe that this you know doing this kind of thing even though it's fake still present spreads fear and uses up police resources yeah. and that somehow is good to them um so that's the that's the fundamental thing is is it's they're alleging that what he said, the things that he said, spread fear, and okay. ate up police resources.
1: Stuart Bell, interesting stuff. Uh, keep up the good work on this, and we'll uh, we'll continue to watch and and see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see how he defends this. Like w- what 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 is going to happen in in a courtroom when this when this goes in front of a a judge? Uh, we'll be following it. Thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon.
0: All right. Take care. Bye bye.